Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I want you to turn with me in your Bible again to the book of John. Now, we're going to be talking today primarily from the 16th chapter of John. And so that's where we're going. But I want us to go back to the 14th chapter and just read the verses that we have uh, highlighted and and commented on up until now. In the 14th chapter of John, in verse number 16, Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. We discovered that that word specifically, and it's a very very complex or, or very... That's not the right word. It's a very uh, pointed word. And it means another helper of the same sort. Well, the same sort as who? As himself, as Jesus. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper just like me. That could have been translated. That he, remember, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an influence. He does influence, but he's far more than an influence. He's not a feeling, and yes, we can sense his presence and feel his presence, but he's far more than a feeling. He is a divine person that has been sent to live in us. Oh, glory to God. To take the place of the Lord Jesus Christ in our everyday life. He said, I will pray the Father, he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. We're gonna be talking about that part. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You want to know what's wrong with the world? There it is right there. They neither see him nor know him. Jesus said, but you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. Well, of course, that was then and this is now and he's not only with us, he's in us. Oh, glory to God. He went on to say, verse 18, I will not leave you orphans. I will not leave you on your own. I will not leave you to try to to just have to make it in the best way you can. He said, I'll not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Praise the Lord. Then turn over to the 15th, uh, well, in the 14th chapter, there's another verse in uh, 25 and 26. He said, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. Now, this, this makes me think of the 16th chapter where he said, it's important for you that I go away. He, and that's what he was, that's, that's the reference here. He said, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper who's just like me, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Notice here it says that in this capacity, the Father will send him in my name, Jesus said. So this is particularly talking about the the ministry of the Spirit that we receive as a result of being born again. This is talking about 
the ministry we receive as a result of being filled with the Spirit. This is a result of being born again. The Holy Spirit comes in the new birth, not in his own name, in a sense, but in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because he comes here to represent Jesus and to take his place. Amen? That's why he said the Father will send him in my name as the Spirit of Christ. Glory to God. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Thank God. God will always, he will always stir you up. If you have enough, if, if you don't have a heart to listen, you won't hear anything. But if, you're, but if you're in constant communion with the Lord, he will continually bring to your remembrance everything you need to know. Amen. There are some times, and you, you've experienced this as well as I have, where the Lord will remind you of, of a particular concept or principle that's in the word, of the, and it's just exactly what you need for that hour. Glory to God. Well, he does that. Amen. Now go over to the 15th chapter. And let's look at verse 26. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. He will testify of me. It is the Holy Spirit's job in the new birth and in the baptism of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes more in his own ministry. Do you understand what I mean by that? In other words, in the new birth, he comes as the spirit of Christ and he comes to, to, to replicate the ministry of the Lord Jesus as though he were here. In the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he comes again more, it's just, a, it's the same Holy Spirit, but in a different measure. And in that measure, it's more in his own name or his own ministry is a better way to put it. It doesn't come in his name, but in his own name or, or rather in his own ministry because he's here to empower us, but he still testifies to Christ. Amen. Glory to God. That's going down to the 16th chapter. Verse number seven, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. I don't know about you, but I have that underlined in my Bible because that's just an, such an astonishing statement. How could Jesus say this? The disciples surely thought, what? what would, why would, would it be better for you, for us, for you to leave? How could that be? any better than having you here. He said, I'm telling you the truth. I know it's hard to believe, but I'm telling you the truth. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, he must be awfully important. If I, knew, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. That tells us how important the ministry of the Holy Spirit is. So much of the church world just give, gives lip service to the Holy Spirit. They mention him in their creed or in their uh, sayings or in their doctrines. But there's no, 
everyday living fellowship with the Spirit because they really have never learned to depend on Him. Oh, what a, what a loss. It is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Well, what, what, what does that mean? He will convict the world of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Well, righteousness is the message of the gospel, really. Man's, God's way of making man, bringing man into right standing with him. For in the gospel, God's righteousness is revealed. Well, he said, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Well, what does that have to do with our righteousness? Jesus is at the Father's right hand. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. And when is that important? When we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Thank God for his advocacy on the Father's right hand. Praise the Lord. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more and I am your advocate there. Praise God. Of judgment. Because, this, because the ruler of this world is judged. Satan was and is the ruler of this world. But before Jesus was raised from the dead, Satan had an ironclad grip and control on every man. But when Jesus was raised from the dead, oh, glory to God, that power was broken. He's still the ruler of this world, but the prison house, the doors are open. And anybody that's staying in there, they're staying in there because they want to. Anybody that wants to come out can just come out. Praise God. Oh, glory to God, because, because the devil has been defeated. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, here's what we want to talk about today. Verse 12 and down through the rest 12, 13, 14, and 15. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. All truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Now this is the ministry of the spirit of truth. This is the ministry of the spirit that's available to to every believer Every person who has been born again, Jesus comes, or the Holy Spirit rather comes, and he, and, and he comes in the name of the Lord Jesus to take up the ministry of Jesus, and in that capacity, he is the spirit of truth. All of these, verse 12, 13, and 14, and 15, belong to every Christian. 
Whether a person has been baptized with the Holy Spirit or not, the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of truth has come to live on the inside to reveal everything they need. So when you become baptized in the Holy Spirit, that does not give you a greater corner on truth. It doesn't. It gives you more power for your life, for greater service to God, But every Christian, from the moment they are born again, this wonderful spirit of truth abides on the end and he's there to tell them and guide them and teach them everything they need to know. Glory to God. Woo, glory. (laughs) About to see a miracle here. (laughs) Praise the Lord. He said, I I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Well, of course, they couldn't bear them then because they weren't born again. There There were a lot of things that Jesus knew that he could have told them but he couldn't afford to tell them because they, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They would not have been able to understand it. They would not have been able to bear it. Well, we're not in that condition. We have the spirit of truth. So there, in one sense, there is nothing that we need that we're incapable of knowing because we have the spirit of truth on the inside. Oh, glory to God. So we're not like they were. That was then, and this is now. Oh, glory to God. And we have the teacher. We have the helper. We have, we, the disciples would come to Jesus and they'd say, teach us, show us, give us, give us an answer. And, and, and to, the, to the limit of their ability, he would answer and teach and show. Well, we've got, we've got, his representative, and the one who was enabling Jesus to do that, that same one on the inside. Glory to God. I I have experienced this, and I know you have too. There have been times in my life when things have hit me, and, and I've even said out of my mouth, Lord, I don't know what to do. But really, I should have said, Lord, I know what to do by faith. Because the one who has the answer is on the inside of me. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. He said, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Now, there's another side to that. There are still things that the Lord wants to show each of us and reveal to us. And because we have not advanced spiritually as much as we could have, there are still some things that he might not be able to tell you. Well, you don't have to stay like that. Amen. Amen. We need to be growing. I remember back in, in uh, 1979 and, and 80 and when, I, when, when Pastor Angela and I were living in, in Oklahoma attending Ramah, so often Dad, would, Dad Hagen would be ministering and he'd get to a certain place in the service and he'd say, well, he said, I, I still have a, a lot to say here, but you're not ready for it. And, it, and we'd go, oh, man. And, and, he, and he just said this, you know, for years and years. And, and, and I remember thinking, oh, come on, man, what's wrong with us? You know, when are we going to get there? I noticed 
in the last years of his life, I was, I was paying attention, in the last years of his life, I never remember him saying that. When he started teaching, he, he switched his teaching from emphasizing faith so much because the Lord told him, he said, Jesus told him. He said, I have raised up many good faith teachers now who can carry this message. He said, I want you to now go and teach my people about the move of the Holy Spirit. And so when he started emphasizing on the move of the Spirit and how the Spirit of God manifests and demonstrations of the Spirit and gifts of the Spirit, when he began to teach on that, I, I, I think those were the things, this is just my opinion, I think those were the things that we weren't ready for. Because I noticed, like I said, in the last few years of his life, he, he, he didn't say that anymore. I'm not saying we necessarily got everything, but uh, the things of the Spirit are so essential. Jesus spent a lot of time here in chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16. And these were words that he gave and teaching that he gave just before the Garden of Gethsemane, just before he was arrested and then crucified. These were his last words to his disciples and to the church. These were his last, last words on the earth that, that apply to us. And it's mostly about the Spirit. Over and over and over again, he's teaching us about the importance of the Spirit. I cannot overemphasize how important it is that we learn to rely on the Spirit, be sensitive to the Spirit, yield ourselves to the Spirit, always being alert because He will guide us into all truth. Now, let's go back and look at this. When He, verse 13, notice He When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide. He will guide you into all truth. Notice that is a progression. He doesn't just dump all truth on you. You The Holy Spirit doesn't just come in and, and just give you a truth injection. And suddenly you're enlightened. It says he guides you. That, that, that's something that takes a little bit of time. And he guides us as we yield to his guidance. When the Lord is trying to show you something and he's opening something to your understanding, don't be in a hurry to run off. Change your mind, get involved in another activity. Stop. When the Holy Spirit is showing you something, stop and say, now, Lord, I, I'm, I, here I am. I, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to be God. What is it you're, you're wanting to show me? How do I apply this in my life? See, when, when we don't cooperate with him, when the Holy Spirit tries to get our attention, for instance, and we're not listening and we're not responsive because we're too busy doing other things. That, that guidance into more truth is hindered. It puts a stop. And when we disobey his leading, 
You might as well just you might as well just park yourself spiritually. Amen. He's not going to take you on to more understanding when you're refusing to walk in what he's already showed you. Amen. Praise the Lord. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Now, there's, there is an application of this that I think is so important. I want you to, you can hold your place here because we'll come back. But go over with me to, to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. He will guide you into all truth. You know, there's, there, there is more truth than you know. <laughs> Newsflash. There's more truth than you know. And it's his plan to guide you into it. Now, how does he do that? 1 John 2, let's start, let's start in verse number 18. Little children, it is the last hour. So this is a message that John, the Apostle John, gave to his disciples, to his followers, to his uh, people that he ministered to. And it had to do with the last days. Now you say, well, that was a long time ago. Yes, but remember this was spoken prophetically. It really, it applied to them, but it applies even more especially to us today because we are literally in the last days of the church. This is the last hour. Little children, little children, it is the last, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, he is coming, you know. As you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. You know, not everybody who calls on the name of the Lord knows the Lord. Jesus said in that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, who are you? Just paraphrasing. Yeah, but we did this, and he said, I never knew you. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you, there's a, this, this passage pivots right here. It's talking about them, talking about the last days, talking about Antichrist, the Antichrist, and then others who have the spirit of Antichrist. And they're all around us today. But you, You have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. How many of you here lift your hand? How many of you say, I know everything? How many many would lift your hand and say, I know everything? Well, he said right here, you know all things. Obviously, he's saying that we have 
the potential. See, I don't know everything up here, but I have one on the inside. I have the teacher on the inside and he has all the answers. He has answers to questions I haven't even thought about. He has solutions to problems I haven't seen yet. He has direction that I don't know I need right now. He has it all. Therefore, he said, you know all things. But you know it by the anointing on the, in, on the inside of you. You have an anointing from the Holy One. That's the Holy Spirit. You have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Now look at verse 21. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And that this is such an important statement, these next few words. No lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. He who denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. You see in our culture today, the secular culture, so so many people just openly defaming Christ. That's that Antichrist spirit. They deny God, but particularly they deny Christ. Pointedly. He said, you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. The truth. The truth. The truth is that body of wisdom the sum total of the counsel and wisdom of God. I don't know, you don't know every aspect of it. it, Not every aspect of it has been revealed to your understanding. And what what we do know is a small, a little amount, a small amount compared to everything there is to know But taken as a whole, the truth, we know it. We know what it sounds like. How? Because of the anointing on the inside, we recognize when something is of the truth or not of the truth. If you you knew the music of a particular song, and, and you knew all of the notes, and you knew all of the chords, and you understood the melody, and you had the harmonies, you distinctly knew the, you knew that piece of music inside and out. If you hear another sound of music that proposes to be another verse or another part of that song. As soon as you hear it, you hear, that's, that doesn't belong to this song. It's not, it's not the same. It's, they're, they're, do you understand what I'm saying? 
It's that does not belong in this song. I know this song. If you want to add another verse to it, it's going to have to be like these other verses. See, we have the knowledge of the truth. I don't know all the verses, but I know what they sound like. I know when I hear one, yep, that's of the truth. And I know when I hear something that's not, I don't know what that means. And it might be persuasive, but it doesn't sound like what I know. Too many Christians go by what their minds tell them and what their ears tell them. Someone gives a plausible doctrine and they think, well, I don't know any scriptures that, that, that disagree with this. So I, I guess I have to accept it as truth. Look down on the inside. And he goes on and explains that in verse 27. Well, let's start in verse 24. Let's pick this up. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. When you were first born again, the word, the truth that came to you, it was of a particular sort. It wasn't the truth of the world. It wasn't the truth of, of, some, uh, of some alien thing. It was the truth. It was God's truth. And when you heard it, it did something on the inside of you and you knew this is the truth. I've been, how many of you had that experience? I've been searching for truth all my life and this is the truth. Let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. When I, what I heard from the beginning, beginning wasn't a whole lot of doctrine. What I heard from the beginning that changed my life wasn't a, uh, I couldn't name all the kings of Israel. I didn't know who Thaddeus was. I didn't know a lot about the New Testament. But when I heard it, it answered the cry of my heart. And I was immediately made aware of, became conscious of the true God and of the truth. He said, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. That means you won't go astray. And this is the promise that he has promised us eternal lives, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who tried to deceive you. What we've been reading here about the anointing abiding in you and you know all things. The spirit of truth, that's, the, that's that anointing. Everything he's saying is to keep you from being deceived. To keep you from, from following a, a doctrine that's like Paul described some other gospel. Another gospel but of a different sort. Or a teaching that's, that sounds good, but it's not good. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. Now, people have taken this verse out of, out of context, and they've tried to build 
a particular doctrine on this statement. And they've tried to say, yeah, see, I, I don't really need to go to church and I don't need uh, anybody teaching me because uh, the Lord teaches me everything. I, I don't need any man to teach me. That couldn't be what this means because he put teachers in the church. And God has set these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. Well, why would he put teachers in the church if we don't need anybody to teach us? That couldn't be what that's talking about. Amen. Paul told Timothy in uh, the epistles to Timothy and to Titus. Timothy and, and, and Titus were apostles themselves and they were responsible for overseeing pastors. So he gave both Timothy and Titus instructions about what the qualifications for pastoral ministry and, and so forth. And in those, they ca- they're called the pastoral epistles, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. In those epistles, the word teach or the word doctrine or the word doctrine, English word doctrine in the New Testament comes from the same word that is teach. Teaching or teach. Teaching or teach is spoken of in the epistles four to one over preaching. He mentions, he mentions preaching and he, and he mentions teaching, but he mentions teaching in those pastoral epistles. He mentions teachings four times as many t- as he does preaching. So it, he couldn't be saying here that we don't need men to teach us. He's, he, that's not the point he's making. The anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you But as the same, underscore that, the same anointing. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. I'll tell you the story that that Dad Hagen told many, many times. He said at a particular time in his ministry, he knew this this, story. Bible teacher that was becoming very popular. And so Brother Hagen had a conversation with this man. But the man was not, he was, a lot of what he was saying was true, but some of the things he was saying was not, was not scriptural. And, and it, was, it, was, it was a wrong spirit. So Brother Hagen, you know, had an opportunity to talk to him. And this man said, you know, well, what do you think? And Brother Hagen said, uh, I don't see what you're teaching in the Bible. And that man took his Bible or Brother Hagin's Bible and tossed it, like tossed it onto a table or a chair or something. He said, oh, you won't find what I'm teaching in that thing. Brother Hagin said, well, if what you're teaching is not in that thing, it's it's way too far out for me. Now, he went on to say that this Bible teacher Hope I'm not conflating two stories here. I think it was the same person. But this same, this same Bible teacher or a Bible teacher was gaining prominence. And Brother Hagen knew a very astute Bible teacher. He was, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was a layman, but he was a Bible teacher in the church. Well versed in the scriptures, very knowledgeable, a very old uh, uh, man of God. In other words, he had been saved many, many years sound. 
sound in doctrine, sound in life, just an exemplary person and, and an astute Bible teacher. He went to these, this, this uh, man's meetings that I was just describing and he got taken in by this false doctrine. Now, he, he got taken in, but eventually when this, this false teacher, when eventually he started un veiling some of the unscriptural stuff, this, this uh, Bible teacher, you know, had to pull back. He said, and he went to him, he said, you know, I, I've, I've followed you so far and, and, and believed what you were saying, but you've gone too far. This is, I can't take this. And he pulled out. Well, the problem was because this Bible teacher followed the fake Bible teacher, some other people that he influenced followed this man. And one was a, a woman who had just been saved. Just, just had just barely been saved. Almost no time. She went to this, to this fake Bible teacher's meeting. One service. And she never went back. And somebody asked her, well, why aren't you going back? She said, I, I, there's something wrong there. She didn't know enough Bible to, to even find her way around the New Testament. But something, what was that? That anointing? That anointing? That same anointing that brought her to Jesus when she went into that other meeting, that because she was listening to that anointing, something on the inside, this isn't the same as what you know. This is a different spirit. This is a different leading. And because it was different than what she had and what she knew, she's, it, it's, not, it's not a matter of not learning more truth. It's the spirit behind that truth. It's the spirit driving that. It's the source of that. That's what he's talking about. And here this older, uh, well-respected, scholarly, you might say, layman, but scholarly Bible teacher got drawn into this and drew other people into it. Why? Because he was listening up here. He's, taught, he's, he's teaching the truth. I mean, he, all of his principles are right. You know, I, 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 I believe he's of God. So he started following him. He didn't pick up on the inside what was wrong. I have, over the years, there have been ministers who have come on the scene, so to speak, and uh, began to, to receive a lot of acclaim and a lot of uh, of, uh, of stature and a lot of attention and people drawn to them. I've not yet seen many people like that who started out with false doctrine. You can't draw a crowd of sincere Bible pe- people coming right out of the gate with false doctrine. I mean, the devil has more sense than that. You, you have to put some good food out there to attract people who know something about good food. But I, and, and, and I have, there have been times over the 40 years that I've been in the, in the ministry where people have come on the scene and they suddenly started getting a lot of attention and a lot of fanfare. Oh, they're the newest and latest and greatest thing. And, and, and I would listen to one message and something on the inside. It wasn't anything they said. Well, the, all, of their, all of their teaching was was. was Spot on doctrinally, but on the inside, 
It's not the same spirit. It's not what he said here, that which I have received from him that abides in me. There was something different about it. And it was in conflict with that, with that inward witness. That's that anointing. It's that inward witness of the spirit. You'll know. He said, the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you. I don't care if the whole world's going after somebody. And I've seen it in recent times. There, are, there have been ministers who've come on the scene teaching things that sounded a lot like word of faith. And if you were listening to your spirit, as soon as you heard it, you knew. That's not, there's, that's, amen. I, I walked into a service one time years ago. Uh, a, a pastor invited me and, and Pastor Angela to, to his church. He was having a guest speaker. And uh, so we, we went over, you know, and, and we're in the service. And we, we got just a few minutes late. It was, it was a little, it was like about a 45 or 50 minute drive from here. So we were a few minutes late getting in, and we sat down in the back. And uh, praise and worship was good, and they introduced this guest speaker. As soon as he walked up and started talking, now he, was, he hadn't even started preaching yet. He was just introducing himself, and he had a, uh, a man that traveled with him that helped him with his, with his uh, books and tapes and so forth, you know, traveling companion. As soon as he got up and started talking, I knew that man's not right. He's not right with God. Well, I sat there and listened to his message and everything he said was wonderful. His doctrine was good. I mean, he had uh, uh, a good delivery. He appeared to flow in the spirit. But my, no, you didn't go, did you? I was by myself. I'm sitting back in the back thinking, this man is, is not even right with God. He's not even right with God. And I realized this man's a homosexual. I mean, a practicing homosexual. And I'd never seen him before. Never heard of him before. Just a few weeks before that, somebody said he's coming. And I, so I went to hear him. And before that, never even heard of him. I'm sitting in the back. I never heard anybody say that. I'm sitting in the back. And I, and I just knew. That man's a practicing homosexual. And he's in my friend's church preaching. So as soon as the service was over, you know, I, I left. And I got home because it's like I said, it's about a 45, 50 minute drive. I got home. I hadn't been home in a few minutes. My phone's ringing. And it was the other pastor. To make a long story short, they knew it too, but they already had him. And so they let him minister that night. And... At the end of the service, this guest minister went, you know, called people up to, to have hands laid on them. He starts laying hands on them. The pastor was on one, on, on one side and the pastor's wife was on the other side. And everybody they, that this guest minister laid hands on, they were binding the devil. <laughs> they didn't want that spirit coming into their church. Amen. But you know the interesting thing about it? He told me then and he told me shortly after that and he told me years later, he said, that man that ministered in my church that night, of course, he never had him back. He said, over the years, I've had more requests to have him back than any other guest minister ever had. My people just loved him. 
Oh, that was just wonderful. You know, when are you going to have him back? We just hope you have him back again soon. He said, several years went by. He said, I've never had as many requests to have a guest minister back as that man. Somebody wasn't listening. Now, later it came out nationally. The truth was revealed and the the whole story was told and it was exactly uh, the way the Lord showed it to me. What I'm saying is we have to listen to what's on the inside. You won't always have a word of knowledge like that, that you know exactly what's wrong, but you can know when something's not right. And it's the same anointing. If the same anointing abides in you that you had from the beginning. See, when I first heard I was raised in a Pentecostal church and with a holiness emphasis. And when I got back into fellowship with the Lord, that's, that's what I knew. That's, how, that's where I had been raised. So I, when I got back into fellowship with the Lord, it was absolutely like going home. Just, going, just coming back into, into God's presence was like coming home again. Because I had known the Lord as a child. And it was just so wonderful and so uh, refreshing, and I was just so thrilled to be back in God's presence. When I when I heard the word of faith message, it wasn't it wasn't what was preached in my denomination, but when I heard it, I knew it was the same Spirit that that led me back to Christ. It got me back into fellowship with the Lord. It was the same anointing that led me into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was the same anointing that led me to, to be faithful to my local church and to, and to give tithes and to, and, and to be a, a participant, uh, to be a good church member. It was, the, it was in the same flow. It was the same spirit. So I, I opened my life to it and sure enough, all of the scriptures as I began to study it, it balanced out. But on the inside, I knew it when I heard it. I knew it when I heard it. Oh, glory to God. Thank God. He said, I'm writing these things to you because of those who will try to deceive you. You have an anointing on the inside. Amen. And you have what it takes. Glory to God. To discern true and false doctrine, true and false ministers, you have it on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand. Praise God. Hallelujah. If people would listen, sometimes people are led astray because of rebellion. Because they want something different. Because they don't want to follow what they've always heard. They want to be open-minded. And after all, there are other truths and there are other flows. And we need to be open to all. No, we don't need to be. If it's not of the same spirit. If it's not of the same anointing, if that same, if it's not, if it's not the same, if it doesn't feel like the new birth, put it that way, if it doesn't seem like the same wonderful thrill of the of the new birth and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and healing and authority, if it doesn't have that same witness, don't follow it. Just because you're chafing to to, to go further 
to hear some new thing. And there's this other preacher out and a lot of people are criticizing him, but they're just old school. They're just old school and they don't want anybody to look like them and talk like them. So that's why they, they don't want to, no, that's not it. It's not, that's not it at all. It's what's, what's in here. If a person will listen on the inside, a born-again person, when they hear about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if, 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 if they're able to put tradition aside and just listen down here, the same Spirit that led them to Christ will lead them right into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That same anointing will lead them right into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It will lead them right into the authority of the believer. It will lead them right into who we are in Christ. It's the same flow. Well, praise the Lord. Are you getting that? Amen. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for your goodness today. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing that abides within. The spirit of truth. He's guiding us into all truth. Yes, of course, there's more. There's more light. There's more revelation. But it'll be, a, but it'll be of the same spirit. Glory to God. We thank you for that, Father. And there's no lie in that. It's the truth. And there's no error in it. There's no dishonesty in it. There's no deception in it. Thank you, Father. That we'll always be straight. We'll always be right. We'll always be true. Just by listening to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. Oh, how we thank you. For the one who keeps us safe keeps us going in the right direction. Thank you, Father, for the spirit of truth. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Thank you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.